Welcome to Beyond Our Focus. I'm Stefan, this is Amanda, and this is Let's Palaver about the whiz, the wind <laughs> through the keyhole. You know, it was it's a long habit. time. It's habit. We were it was wizard for, for so long. It felt like the entire year we just did that book. Okay? <laughs> and it's another W. But the wind through the keyhole, the eighth novel that takes place as the fourth and a half novel in the Stephen King Dark Tower Saga. So it's it's all too confusing, but it's there. It's, it's backwards. It's, it's backwards. own little side story thing. Dun, dun, dun. And it's three stories in one. Oh yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. The main the main one main. told about the. So Stark Blast, Skin Man. And we haven't got to yeah. We haven't actually got to the core wind. of the book. <laughs> we haven't actually got to the wind through the keyhole, which is no. A, which will be two weeks from now, I think. Yeah, because next week will be the second half of this one, and then we should be in Wind Through the Keyhole after yeah. that. So, but as of today, we are going through The Skin Man Part 1. Part 1 of Part 1? See, I said <laughs> Chapter 2, Part 1. No, I meant we are actually only doing the first section, so yes. it's like Part 1. Section 1. Part 1 of Part 1. Chapter 2, Part 1. Section 1. Just leave this part out. <laughs> the Skin Man. It's all too confusing. And we're, we're, if you're going through the new book, one of the newer ones that's bigger like this, we are going to page 69. On mine, I believe it was 81? So and the smaller one is a lot further. But you'll know because there are three... Asterisks. Sure. Snowflakes. Stars. They're little There's stars and snowflakes. Little snowflakes at the top of the page, randomly. I don't know why. I don't even think it, it doesn't even seem like it breaks it up that much, because I mean, literally, it is literally the next scene. Yeah, but I mean, it at least is a stopping point, not in the middle of the sentence. I mean, the, it does change to a whole different paragraph. Yeah, but you could have done that any, anywhere. They've done that just to, to, to break. I don't know. It's fine. He at least there are three snowflakes. You know what? He could have done it like the rest of the book, and it'd been well, fine. He was doing something different. There are three snowflakes at the top, and it will be all right. That's where we are. That's how things are happening. Yay! But we're going to the snowflakes. Okay. You're just going to rip your page out? I'm going to try to turn the page, one page, <laughs> and get to the beginning and of this chapter. And insane. I feel like your phone darkened. No, it's, it's just... Maybe it was just a shadow. I, I have a, well, I... No, so when you oh. look at your hand, whatever, it looks like... Oh, yeah, it does, happened. it does. It either brightens or darkens if you have your hand over the sensor. Yeah, even though we tried twice and it didn't work, but... <laughs> well, if it darkens, it, the screen would actually light up, I thought. Because if it's It didn't do up, anything, okay? Yeah. It didn't do nothing now. Everything's confusing. We're starting with this. So, as we ended, it was Roland... About to tell about his mother, I believe. He said, not long after the death of my mother, which, as you know, came by my own hand. Yes. And then we go into the skin pan. Not long after the death of my mother, which you know came from my... <laughs> I guess we need to repeat it for sure. My father, Stephen, son of Henry the Tall, summoned me to his study in the north wing of the palace. It was a small, cold room. I remember the wind winding 
around the slit windows. I remembered the high, frowning shelves of the books. Uh, worth a fortune, they were, but never read. Not by him, anyway. And I remembered the black collar of mourning he wore. It was the same as my own. Every man in Gilead wore the same collar, or band around his shirt sleeve. The women wore black nets on their hair. This would go on until Gabriella, Gabrielle, the chain, was six months in her tomb. Dun dun. So yes. So, so this is six months after he killed his mother. No. Okay, I guess no. technically no. This was no. This is somewhere in that six yes. months. Um, yes. But forgot. definitely not six months. No. That's and, right. It was hence just the previous saying, description didn't make any sense. No. It was just saying that this would be worn. They would. And this is really interesting because unlike Wizards in Glass, where we rolled the whole uh, road, we read the entire thing. And it went into the story, and we were the story. Yes. This is being told as a story. Yes. So he constantly refers to, I, I said. Yes. And I this. Yes. And I said this. And it's like, that's so strange to hear yeah. when we're in this story, because this is not how this was written in the previous book. When we went to a story, and we were the story. Yes. We read it as Roland and exactly. Roland and he. But now he's telling us as though he's actually telling yeah. a story. Not like he li- I don't, It's weird. <laughs> it's just it feels strange every time I go through it. So pretty much, he stops. He salutes his father, and then waits for his father to actually acknowledge him. His dad's rifling through papers and is just signing his name, just just biding his time. And then finally, he looks up. Yeah, at last he looks up. How is court, Roland? How goes it with your teacher that was? You must know, because I've been given to understand that you spend most of your time in his hut, feeding him and such. He has days when he knows me, I said. Many days he doesn't. He still sees a little from one eye. The other... I didn't need to finish. The other was gone. My hawk David had taken it from him in the test of manhood. Court, in turn, had taken David's life. But that was to be his last kill. I know what happened to his other peep. Do you truly feed him? Aye, Father, I do. Do you clean him when he messes? I stood there before his desk like a chastened schoolboy called before the master. And that is how I felt. Only how many chastened schoolboys have killed... Only... How many schoolboys have... Okay. Chastened schoolboys have killed their own mothers. Answer me, Roland. I am your dinner and well as well as your father. And I'll have an answer. Sometimes. Which was not really a lie. Sometimes I changed his dirty clouts three or four times a day. Sometimes on the good days. Only once or not at all. He could get to the Jakes, which is interesting, if I helped him. And if he remembered, he had to go. It's, it's interesting. It's called the Jakes. So she's with a character <laughs> named Jake. So Roland, what do you think of Jake? <laughs> I seemed a, a bit odd. He is now a bathroom, okay? It's a bit weird. Does he not have the white Amis who come in? 
What just happened? My phone, sorry. I sent them away, I said. He looked at me with real curiosity. I searched for contempt in his face. Part of me wanted to see it, but there was none that I could tell. Did I raise you you to the gun so you could become a Amy and nurse a broken old man? I felt my anger flash at that. Court had raised a moit, that's a good word, of boys to the tradition of the eld and the way of the gun. Those who were unworthy, he had bested in combat and sent west with no weapons other than what remained in their wits. There in Crisia? Crisia. Crisia, sure. And places even deeper in those anarchy kingdoms. Many of those broken boys had joined with Farson, the good man, who would in time overthrow everything my father's line had set for. Farson had armed them, sure. He had guns, and he had plans. Would you throw him on the dung heap, father? Is that what... Is that to be his reward for all his years of service? Who next then? Vanny? Never in this life, as you know. But done is done, Roland, as thee also knows. And thee doesn't nurse him out of love. Thee knows that too. I nurse him out of respect. If if twas only respect, I think you'd visit him and read to him. For you read well. Your mother always said so. And about that she spoke true. But you'd not clean him up and change his bed. You are scourging? Scourging. Scourging? Scourge. Scourging. Scourging? Or our yourself for the death of your mother, which was not your fault. Part of me knew this was true. Part of me refused to believe it. The pu- Publishment. The Publishment? Okay, of her death was simple. Gabrielle Deschain. She of Arton died while possessed of a demon which troubled her in spirit. Okay, sure, let's go with that. It was always put so when someone of high blood committed suicide. And so the story of her death was given. It was accepted without question, even by those who had, either secretly or not so secretly, cast their lot with Farson, because it became known God's know-how, not from me or my friends, that she had become the consort of Martin Broadcloak, the court magus and my father's chief advisor, and that Martin had fled west alone. So yeah, pretty much, even though he obviously killed his mother, it was just written into the obituary, pretty much, that she was troubled in spirit, thus... She committed suicide, and it's been that. That's how it's all known. No one besides. She's a crazy lady. Call the police. They'll take her away. Hysteria. <laughs> Roland, hear me very well. I know you felt betrayed by your lady mother. So did I. I know that part of you hated her. Part of me hated her too. But we both also loved her and love her still. You were poisoned by the toy you brought back from Magus, and you were tricked by the witch. One of those things alone might not have caused what happened, but the pink ball and the witch together, I. Rhea, I could feel tears stinging my eyes and I willed them back. I would not weep before my father, never again. Rhea of the Coos. I, she the black-hearted woman. It was she who killed your mother, Roland. She turned you into a gun and then pulled the trigger. 
I said nothing. He must have seen my distress because he resumed shuffling his papers, signing his name here and there. Finally, he raised his head again. The Amis will have to see to court for a while. I'm sending you and one of your codmates to, to Debaria. What? To Serenity? He laughed. The retreat where your mother stayed? Yes. Not there. Not at all. Serenity, what a joke. Those women are the black Emmys. They'd flay you alive if so much as trespass their holy doors. Most of the sisters who bide there prefer the long stick to the man. I had no idea what he meant. Remember, I was still very young and very innocent about many things, in spite of all I'd been through. I'm not sure I'm ready for another mission, Father, let alone a quest. He looked at me coldly. I'll be the judge of what you're ready for. Besides, this is nothing like the mess you walked into in Magus. There may be danger. It may even come to shooting. But at bottom, it's just a job that needs to be done. Partly so that the people who've come to doubt can see that the white is still strong and true. But mostly because what's wrong cannot be allowed to stand. Besides, as I've said, I won't be sending you alone. Who will go with me? Cuthbert or Elaine? Neither. I have work for Laughing Boy and Thudfoot right here. You go with Jamie de Curry. I considered this and thought I would be glad to ride with Jamie Redhand, although I would have preferred either Cuthbert or Elaine, as my father surely knew. I love his nickname. <laughs> I have work for Laughing Boy and Thudfoot. <laughs> laughing I, Boy I get. I don't know why Thudfoot yeah, I don't in. understand Thudfoot. Yes, we, we all understand the Laughing Boy, because that's just, that is... Was it, wait, wasn't Elaine bigger than both of them? Yes. Okay, so maybe it was, I don't know. A giant joke? Foot. I don't know. <laughs> will you go without argument, or will you annoy me further on a day when I have much to do? I'll go, I said. In truth, it would be good to escape the palace, its shadowy rooms, its whispers of intrigue, its pervasive sense that darkness and anarchy were coming and nothing could stop them. The world would move on, but Gilead would not move on with it. That glittering, beautiful bubble would soon burst. Good. You're a fine son, Roland. I may never have told you that, but it's true. I hold nothing against you. Nothing. I lowered my head. When this meeting was finally over, I would go somewhere and let my heart free, but not just then, not as I stood before him. Ten or twelve wheels beyond the hall of the woman, Serenity, or whatever they call it, is the town of Debaria itself, on the edge of the Alkali Flats. Nothing serene about Debaria. It's a dusty, hide-smelling railhead town where cattle and black salt are shipped south, east, and north, in every direction except the one where the bastard Farson's laying his plans. There are fewer trail-drive herds these days, and I expect Debaria will dry up and blow away like some many other places in Midworld before long. But now it's still a busy place, full of saloons, hordens, gamblers, and confident men. Hard as it might be to believe, there are even a few good people there. One is the High Sheriff Hugh Peavy. It's him that you and DeCurry will report to. Let him see your guns and a sigil, which I have given to you. Do you ken everything I've told you so far? Yes, Father, I said. What's so bad that there warrants the attention of gunslingers? I smiled a little, a thing I had done seldom in the wake of my mother's death. Even baby gunslingers such as us. Little baby gunslingers. 
And I think Roland's proven himself pretty, pretty good. <laughs> a little more than a baby gunslinger. Definitely in the actual gunslinging aspect. Maybe not in the actual brain department. Yeah, he's better than things. Definitely smarter, as we discussed thoroughly through the last book. Ugh. Anything interesting right here? Um, well, it's it's the next page. So. Uh, according to the reports I have, he lifted some of the papers and shook them at me. There's a skin man at work. I have my doubts about that, but there's no doubt the folk are terrified. I don't know what that is, I said. Some sort of shape changer, or so the old tales say. Go to Vinay, or was it Vinay or Vanny? Vanny, 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 I don't know. When you leave me, he's been collecting reports. All right. Do the job. Find this lunatic who goes around wearing animal skins. That's probably what it amounts to. But be not long about it. Matters far graver than this have begun to teeter. I'd have you back, you and all your comrades, before they fall. See, here's another prime example of us. There's a, nice, there's a gap right here. Mine actually has an asterisk. Well, the actual book does not. <laughs> Clearly saying he could have easily put it like a two in there or a one or whatever. He just chose not to do it. He chose to be a pain. <laughs> Why, I ask. Why? Well, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we went through our ten pages. We're done for today. We got plenty of good information. We know what he's going after. Exactly. Not that we didn't know that about the title. It was called, <laughs> it was called Skin Man. So... So yeah, they decide to board a train. Two days. This is two days after he spoke to his dad. You know, it takes time to get things together. <laughs> you would think maybe leave a little bit sooner, but nah, nah, nah. Two days later, we're leaving by train. Uh, good old matrix little beds. Uh, which, the train was not particularly fast. But... <laughs> small, small, small toot. Small, small toot. toot. So not a quick train, but steady, easy. They could sleep and bring the horses and save the horses. Yeah, they pretty much it was take the train because then you're not met, you're not putting so much strain on your mounts, your exactly. mounts. And they kept passing people, people who of course were like in awe, people who were of course you know giving it, giving them the midworld finger pretty much because <laughs> they belonged with Farson and throwing things and. Yeah, it's a lot of wonderful people. Uh, the following morning, after the servant had put a cold uh, breakfast of porridge and milk before us, Jamie said, I suppose you'd better tell me what this is about. It's like, Jamie, did you not? Did no one brief you? <laughs> He's like, hey, you're going with Roland. And he was like, all right, cool. I'm out. I'm good. That's I need no it. information. I don't need to know why it's happening. I don't know what we're going for. But you know what? I'm going with Roland. So let's That's go. All it took. I told him that morning, hey, hey, Roland's about to leave. You gotta get on that train. Did you really? Yeah, you gotta go. All right, let's go. Do I get to eat? No, no. Don't get to eat first. You'll, mm-hmm. eat, on, you'll eat on the way. Mm-hmm. Well, you tell me first. Uh, I think I skipped. No, 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 no. I suppose you'd better tell me uh, what it's about. Will you tell me something first? If you know, that is. Which is like, because this was the most important thing we had to discuss. <laughs> ah, it's funny, though. 
That's funny. Mm. My father said that the woman at the retreat of the Baria prefer the long stick to the man. Do you know what he meant? So yeah, we get that. Jamie regarded me in silence for a bit as if to make sure I wasn't shaking his knee, and then his lips twitched at the corners. For Jamie, this was the equivalent of holding his belly, rolling around on the floor, and howling with glee. So that just gives you a little bit of Jamie's personality, is that he does have a sense of humor, but he is just a very composed person. Yes. We know Cuthbert is not. Yeah, no. But Cuthbert's great. <laughs> hmm. Let's see if we can get past all the little sticks and stuff. You know more women than I do, Roland. I've never lain with one, but never mind. Give time, I suppose I will. Tell me what we're about in Debaria. Debaria. A skin man is supposedly terrorizing the good folks. Probably the bad folks as well. Yeah, I don't think Skin Man particularly cares. Especially after no. we have this very long, long, long description of what he's been doing. Um, <laughs> a man who becomes some sort of animal. It was actually a little more complicated in this case. And yes, it was. For the love of God, it was, very, it was ten times more complicated. I don't know. Right now, that doesn't it doesn't get into that. Right now, it just tells you what happens to the train. Oh, does it? Yeah. I thought we got into it. I thought he kind of explained the first few things. Nope. It just said... Uh, it pretty much tells us that Jamie preferred doesn't prefer the gun. He want he likes his bow and his bomb. But he went to say something, and this is when yeah. the train derails. Yeah, it derails. We get unnecessary things about the man losing his teeth. Yeah, <laughs> his wooden teeth that he put back in. Another asterisk. Not for me. But a double space lets you know <laughs> that we've moved to something different instead of just putting a number there like it did in the rest of the book. So the first thing that they do was they had to check the horses to make sure that neither of them had broken any legs, and luckily none of them did. Everybody was fine. But the problem was is that there was no way to fix it, really? No, no. So it was like, ah, we'll try to send someone back to help uh, put the train back on. If not, we'll get someone to come out here and get you and bring you up to town. Pretty much it was head in that direction. You'll hit Debaria. First you'll hit the... the, the Serenity. Play. Yeah, you'll hit Serenity first. Don't bother with them. They eat the men's. Yes. Which this guy was very adamant about. They eat the men. Is what I've heard. Not just the way of speaking, boys. They eat the men's. <laughs> like, okay. They're cannibalism. They, they'll call to you. They'll coo at you and stuff. What are, Don't what are, listen what are to they? them. Freaking, um, um... What are they called? They sing and draw men in. So they Harpy? Get no, harpies were the birds. The sirens? Bird. Sirens. They're just sirens. Well, I think harpies supposedly did the same thing, so... Yeah. yeah. So one that's what they're supposed to be. One was just a bird and one was a... The mermaid. Yeah. So, yes. So that's what these things are. They're just demon creatures that are just drawing men in to eat them? Pretty much. Well, of course, uh... We get a different description of them soon, soon enough. Vinay, uh, Jamie said, Pardon? Before the train derailed, you said your father didn't believe there was a skin man, but Vinay does. He said that after reading the reports High Sheriff Peavy sent along, it was hard not to believe. You know what he says at least once in every class. When facts speak, the wise man listens. Twenty-three dead makes a moit of facts. Not shot or stabbed, mind you. 
but torn to pieces. See, I like that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the when the facts speak, of the wise man listens. Yeah, that's a that's kind of clever. I like that. Jamie grunted. Whole families in two cases, large ones, almost clans. The houses turned all upsy turvy and splashed with blood. Limbs ripped off the bodies and carried away. Some found partly eaten, some not. At one of those farms, Sheriff Peavy and his deputy found the youngest boy's head stuck on a fence pole with his skull smashed in and his brain scooped out. So lovely. Lovely thing that's just murdering and destroying people. And it's like, it's not just murdering people. It's leaving behind just signs. It doesn't care. Like, it does not... Pretty much, it's one of those situations where it's like, I just did this. Come at me, bro. (laughs) It seems rather powerful. (laughs) And then we move into witnesses, which there have been a few. Just a few. With some uh, varying degrees of what they... What did this... Because we get, what, three dis- different descriptions? Yes. Um, the sheep herder saw a upright man. Um, it was... No, he said uh, he said it was a wolf that ran upright like a yeah. man. Yeah. Then there was the woman who saw it was a lion on its back legs. And then the cowpunchers, who, with the cowpunchers with the Manny couple, who swore it was just, it said it wasn't a man, but they swore on watch and warrant that it ran upright like a man. So I don't know if they gave it a animal that time around. Tiger. Oh, there we go. Uh, so all these witnesses saw different animals. I, the cowpokes, described it as a tiger. Or a tiger. Tiger. Different. Tiger. <laughs> it spelled a little bit different, but okay. Tiger. It had stripes. Be- because we need the clarification. It could have been a zebra. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a zebra went around terrorizing people. They're known for that. Yeah, because it said that... It said that none of them had, none of have, none of them have ever seen a tiger before. But what they described was a tiger. And we get another point of Jamie's personality. It says, "Care to look?" Because he tries to hand him the papers, and Jamie's just like, "I'm not much of a reader, as you know." It's like, well, you'll just have to take my word on that then. <laughs> It says, I fine, but take my word, their description is just like the picture in the old story of the boy caught in the Stark Blast. What, is, what old story is that? The one about Tim Stoutheart, the wind through the keyhole? Never mind, it's not important. I know the punchers may have been drunk. They usually are. So you say it's not important. We have a whole section that's devoted to it. Vitney says the creature is a shapeshifter as well as a shape changer. Twenty-three dead, you say. Aye. And so they continue to ride. Yep. And it takes them an hour. A little less than an hour. Okay. I skip it. A little less. It takes them an hour. Fifty-five minutes and forty-nine seconds on the dot. (laughs) And I don't know how to even remotely say it. A sparkling white... Hachi? Hachi? 
Moxie? I, I don't know. I don't know. I looked up the word. I found food. So I don't know what it is. What? <laughs> I mean, okay. truthfully, I looked up the word and all I found was food. Interesting. So I, I don't know what it is. Stephen King's over here making up words. So it pretty much is a big white mansion looking thing. Yeah, yeah, some large white building. With a green garden and a grape arbor. And then, <laughs> as we drew closer, I saw the throne was iron wood. Surely no other chair, not made of metal, could have bore her weight. Oh, no, I guess I went over I was going <laughs> to describe her, but it's right there. Uh, but the wooden gates, okay. And the walls that touched the top of forbidding sparkles of broken glass. But the weird. Wooden gates stood open as if invitation in front of them. Seated in a kind of throne was a woman in a dress of white muslin and a hood of white silk that flared around her head like gold wings. As we drew closer to the throne ironwood, surely there's no other chair that could. Meadow that bore her weight, for she was the biggest woman I have ever seen. A giantess. Who could have even made it with the legendary outlaw prince, David Quick? I guess I'm just confused at... Because it's not like, ah, oh, what a nice sunny day. I'm going to go relax. Why you have this big thing. Your gates are open and you're just chilling in a throne in front of the gates. Like, I, She's I cool. Just, She's cool. I don't know. It, I felt your presence coming. I had to Maybe. you. I don't. I don't know. Uh, which, of course, I find interesting. They tell me how giant and huge and ginormous she is. Six and a half feet tall. I'm like, I mean, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's definitely tall for a woman, for sure. But that's not, I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as giant. I mean, we have a lady that comes into our, 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 our workplace occasionally. And she's got to be seven or over seven. So I mean, maybe, no... maybe everybody's short, okay? And maybe to him, he's still young. But he's still giantress. He's a he is. It's what? like me seeing some. Me look at you. Uh, you're just a you're just a short little hobbit. I mean, I am. A when hobbit in fact <laughs> you are not a hobbit. Um, it is a, a large exaggeration. Okay, so he was 14 in our last book, and this hasn't been long after. So no. he's still about 14, maybe, maybe getting 15. close to 15. Yeah, maybe. And this woman is six five. Still, still, I don't care. She's not a giantess. It's like she's related to Hagrid or something. It could be. Her lap was full of needlework. She might have been knitting a blanket, but held before that barrel of a body, and breasts so big each of them could have fully shaded a baby from the sun. Whatever like, it was looked no bigger than a handkerchief. Okay, so maybe could have she's- fully shaded a baby from the sun. So maybe she's not huge as an upwards. Maybe she's just curvy. <laughs> she's curvaceous. Could have fully shaded a baby from the sun. What an interesting she description a, of her Apparently best. she is a, a, a beautiful goddess in a nun outfit. Like, well, not a nun outfit. That's right. She's wearing the billowing white. It's the other people that yes. wear the nun looking outfits. Just a very interesting description. Oh, it says that, yeah, there's six and a half feet of her, maybe a bit more. 
I remember the Inji saying they eat the men's. But when she put a large fist on the broad plane of her forehead and lifted the side of her dress to dip a curtsy with her free hand, I nonetheless reined up. Heil, gunslinger, she howled. She had a rolling voice, not quite a man's baritone. In the name of serenity in the women who bide here, I salute thee. May your days be long upon the earth. We raised our fists to our brows and wished her twice the number. Mm. Have you come from in-world? I think so, for your duds aren't filthy enough for these parts. <laughs> Although they will be. If you bide longer than a day, and she laughed, the sound was moderate thunder. I mean, what, 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 is, what is she? <laughs> Just, I don't know. Maybe imagine the, what the is she, like woman. like a troll? The woman from, what is it? The, the, other, the, the other school. I assume you're still talking about Harry Potter. Yes. You're talking about Hagrid's love interest. Yes. What is it? Bo Botton? Yeah, Bobotan Academy yeah, or something, something like, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't remember her name, but I was, I was, just everything imagine, he describes just this woman. Imagine her. This is a super large, beautiful, just, voluptuous, giant voice thundering across the land. Just imagine her height, I guess, with Hagrid's build. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just a very interesting description of this woman. We do, I said, and it was clear Jamie would say nothing. <laughs> Ordinarily closed mouth, he was not stunned to silence. Her shadow rose on the whitewashed wall behind her, as tall as Lord Perth. And have you come for the skin man? Yes, I said. Have you seen him, or do you only know of him from the talk? If that's the case, we'll move on and say thank you. Not... Ahem, lad, never think it. It only looks, looked at her. Ooh, I only looked at her, standing. She was almost tall enough to look into my eyes, although I set on Yong Zhou, a fine big horse. Okay, this woman is 45 feet tall, the voice of a thundering mountain, breast that can shade a village. I mean, come on. A monster from the deep cracks says, Sure you to serve the eld and the white. It may have been a man once, but no more. Yes, I've seen it and seen its work. Sit where you are, never more, and you never move, and you shall see its work too. Without okay. waiting for what Oh see. And then we get some of um Blaine the Mono's voice over here. <laughs> Without waiting for any reply, she went through the open gate. Um of course they just stood there kinda of shrugged at each other. Says, pretty much the other people can wait. It's fine. Ellen, she bawled, raised her <laughs> It was like listening to a woman shouting into an electric megaphone. <laughs> Everything about her. Clemmy, Brianna, bring food. Bring meat and bread and ale. The light, not the dark. Bring a table and mind you don't forget the cloth. Send Fortuna to me now. High to it, double quick. With these orders delivered, she returned to us, delicately lifting her hymn to keep it out of the alkali. Lady Sai, we thank you for your offer for hospitality, but we really must 
you must eat is what you must do. We'll have it out here a roadside so your digestion will not be discomposed. For I know what stories they tell about us in Gilead. Aye, so do we all. Men tell the same about any woman who dare to live on their own, I wot. It makes them doubt the worth of their hammers. I see how you skipped one particular line. You just skipped it. Because like Seven's going to say something if I ever read this line. Or at least I, or I missed you saying it. The only line I skipped was she said. Uh, I uh, saw so, uh, him to keep it out of the acolyte that puffed around the black boats oh, she no. wore on her enormous feet. No, I was just saving time. Uh-huh. I just skipped it. like it. Seven's going to make say something again about how big she is. The enormous boats she wore on her feet. We heard no stories about polite of you, young gunny. I and very snick, but it's long since I was weaned. Will not eat ya, although you'd make a tasty snack, I think, one or both. I am Everlyn of Serenity, the prioress by the grace of God and the man Jesus. Roland of Gilead, I said, and this is Jamie of Same. Jamie bowed from his sa- saddle. I almost said sandal. She, he bowed from his sandal. Enormous sandal. She curtsied to us again. Um, okay. Of course, all the women come out, and then it says, As she rose, a tiny woman glided through the open gate, or perhaps she was of normal size after all. Perhaps she only looked tiny next to Everlyn. Her robe was rough gray cotton instead of white muslin. Uh, Her arms were crossed over her scant bosom, and her hands were buried deep in her sleeves. She wore no hood, but we could still see only half of her face. The other half was hidden beneath a thick swath of bandagement. She curtsied to us, then huddled in the con- considerable shade of her prioress. Raise your head, Fortuna, and make your manners manners to see these young to these young gentlemen. When at last she looked up, I saw why she had kept her head lowered. The bandages could not fully conceal the damage to her nose. On the right side, a good part of it was gone. Where it had been was only a raw red channel. Hile, she whispered, may your days be long upon the earth. May you have twice the number, Jamie said, and I saw from the woeful glance she gave him with her one visible eye that she hoped this was not true. Tell him what happened, Eberlin said. What do you remember, Amy Rowe? I know it isn't much. Must I, mother? Yes, she said, for they've come to end it. Fortuna peered doubtfully at us, just a quick snatch of a glance, then back at Everlyn. Can they? They look so young. Well, we know they're just baby gunslingers now. <laughs> they may still be a year more from having to shave but once a week, but they're gunslingers, Forty. If they can't set this cursed town right, then no one can. Besides, it will do you good. Horror's a worm that needs to be coughed out before it breeds. Now tell them. She told, as she did, other sisters of Serenity came out carrying a table, food, yada, yada, yada. Says, Fortuna had finished her short, terrible story. I was no longer hungry, nor by the look of him was Jamie. Double space line. Asterisk. Mm-hmm. See, he still writes the same way. He just didn't he didn't put the numbers it, yeah. in it. Which is like, why? It would have just made things just easier <laughs> all around. Why change the format? Only for this particular piece, even if you're going to write the exact same. Yeah, you know, it's weird. It's Stephen King. King, God, man. he's just weird. Killing me here, killing me. Oh, jeez. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> Sorry, I was thinking of how long it took to tell the story, and I was like, no, 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 this is how long ago it was. Yeah, I was a little confused when I first started reading it. I'm like, okay, what's going on? Oh, oh, we're telling the story. I was like, it took them way too long to tell the story. It was dusk. Like, really? God, whoa. A fortnight I felt like and it was morning not too long ago for them. They've just been here all evening. A dusk, a fortnight, and a day gone. Oh, jeez. Very complicated story. <laughs> I know you don't remember much. <laughs> Three weeks later. <laughs> well, she was she she passed out. I would have too. <laughs> So eat half your face, you'd pass out pretty damn fast. Anyways, well, they were out gathering water or something by the gate. One with a bucket. Uh, oh, they're drawing water for the evening chores, and Fortuna was the one with the bucket. So she was the one that lived. Because it does not like buckets. <laughs> that is the reason why, okay? It picked the one without the bucket. Uh, taller than a man, it was with scales instead of skin, and a long tail that dragged behind it on the ground. Yellow eyes with slitted dark pupils glowing in its flat head. Its mouth was a trap filled with teeth, each as long as a man's hand. They dripped with Dolores' blood. As it dropped her still twitching body on the cobbles of the courtyard and ran on its stubby legs towards the well where Fortuno stood. Pretty much. She tried, to, or she was closing the gate. It bust through and just went chomp right on her head and just pulled it off. Hmm. This giant lizard man. Yes. And then, of course, decided head to head to Fortuna next. Yeah, which it definitely uh, got some of Fortuna. Yes. They were inside. They heard the screaming and stuff. She ran out with the only gun they had. Ever Everlyn ran out with the only gun they had, which sounds like a musket. Yeah. Or no, something. totally a musket. That's okay. exactly what it is. <laughs> of some sort. Yeah. It's got some kind of scatter shot. It's, but... it's, it's a muzzle load, like a muzzle loader. Like you yeah. have to put the powder and stuff in it. Yes, but it's got a scatter shot. Yes. She only hits it with a few of the beads. And then really, just, just, just. Dares it yeah. down. <laughs> she she can't reload it right now. She doesn't have time. And she can't because she doesn't have the powder. So just... We're going to pretend like it's loaded. And you come on. You come here. Get nice and close. Where I can't miss you. And I'm going to blast you away. Yes. And, and I'm 45 feet tall. So I might take you with my hands. <laughs> so it, it apparently listens. Because yeah. it decides to just skitter up. It's like, you know what? I'm not going to chance it. Peace. <laughs> But if gunshots can hurt it, yeah. Roland and Jamie have a good chance of taking it out. Oh, yeah. So it, of course, skittered off and then looked back at her like, I'm going to get you. One of these days, I'm going to come back to you. you, my pretty. Says, as if marking me, well, let it. I have no more shot for the gun and won't unless a traitor happens to have some. But I have this. She lifted her skirts to her knee, and we saw a butcher's knife and a rawhide scabbard strapped to the outside of her calf. She's so ready. She's just going to hack it. Well, you do what you got to do. Um, I don't really think the last part's important. <laughs> I mean, unless you think it's important. I don't know what last part you're referring to, so I can't help. To, me to mention... Pretty much to mention that she noticed something else about the creature and oh. what it was going to do. Oh, no, yeah. no. I, 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 I'd yeah. already gotten past that. Yeah, that was uh, way unnecessary. I, <laughs> but 
Hmm. Pretty much just to show its ruthlessness. I guess. That it did not care and it would do anything to sake its pleasures. No. Evelyn grasped me above the elbow, drew me through the gate, and walked me to the well where the unfortunate Fortuna had been attacked. There we were, alone. I saw... Okay, that's where that is. Mm-hmm. But this, the, the, we got to skip this, but get to the part that's important. Jamie and I ate with them. Fortuna even oh. ate a little, and then we mounted up for town. But, I guess it's after this time. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking something different. But before we left, Everlyn stood by my horse and spoke to me again. When your business here is done, come and see me again. I have something for you. What might that be, Sai? She shook her head. Now is not the time, but when the filthy thing is dead, come here. She took my hand, raised it to her lips, and kissed it. I know who you are, for does your mother not live in your face? Come to me, Roland, son of Gabrielle. Fail not. Then she stepped away before I could say another word and glided in through the gate. Yeah. So does it just stay open? Like, I'm just confused. <laughs> yeah, so that was the part I was trying to get to. Was oh. that, that little section of like, because that's insanely important at the moment. Mm-hmm. I know we'll get back to that at some point. Yes. So now we go to the barrio. Which, there's another little one. There's an asterisk. And there's double space. <laughs> yeah, which is just just a town. Just yeah. a town. Nothing um, pretty important. much they come in and as they come in, people notice they're coming in, so they start following them. <laughs> Mm. And they want to know, have ye come to kill the skin man? Those two don't look old enough to kill a bottle of rye. Exactly. There was general laughter and murmurs of agreement at this sally. But yeah, they're, they're, they're going until they find Peavy? Yes. Uh, which is always funny. Every sheriff is the same. Big old bellied sheriff. <laughs> yes, big bellied man with long white hair and a droopy mustache. Because it was the exact same as uh, the sheriff from Magus. Mm-hmm. It just seems to be the general depiction of the sheriff. You are a lazy, fat, <laughs> well-off sheriff. Always. Uh, I, I love how it's... Oh, his face was deeply lined and careworn. He saw our guns and looked relieved. He noted our beardless faces and looked less so. Yes. Uh, but as far as I we learned from about this sheriff, very, very different from the one from oh, ages. Yeah. Completely different guy. He very much cares about the people of the town. He's actually opening to open to listening to things. And he's not just going to take them at their word. Like... The other guy was like, oh, you have papers? Clearly, I'm going to just stare at these, nod, and go, okay, you're fine. And this guy, not so much. Oh, my love is like, after we had shaken, shaken with him and introduced ourselves, I said, I don't mean to belittle you, young fellas, but I was hoping to see Stephen Stephen Deschain himself, and perhaps Peter McVeers? McVeers? Sure. Uh, McRise died three years ago, I said. Peavy's look shocked. Do you say so? For he was a trick hand with a gun. Very trick. He died of fever. Very likely induced by a poison. 
Hmm, that's wonderful. Just your your, your yes. gunslinger's just dying from being poisoned in your own town. Probably wonderful. shouldn't let people know, so it's fine. Yeah. Nothing the high sheriff of the beer outers, the, the Baria outers needed to know. As for Stephen, he's otherwise occupied. And so he sent me. I am his son. <laughs> he's like Yar Yar. It's like it's amazing what he's heard. Mm. Yar Yar, I've heard your name and a bit of your exploits, Magus. For we got some news even out here. There's a a Ditta wire and even a Jing Jang. <laughs> it's like okay. Okay. This is what we're we're Jing Jang is what it is. A Ditta wire and even a Jing Jang. Okay, so which one? I assume the Jing Jang is the phone. I would agree, but what is the the Ditta wire? I maybe Morse code like the maybe. I mean that's like good guess as any. It's not definitely not internet. We know that much, okay? <laughs> you don't know that much. Come on, it could be just high speed internet. He pointed to a contraption on the wall. Written on the brick beneath it was a sign reading, Do not touch without permission. It's Z-I-O-N, permission. It used to go all the way to Gilead, but these days only to Sallywood in the south. The Jefferson spread to the north, and the village in the foothills, Little Dabaria, it's called. We even have a few street lamps that still work. Not gas or kerosene, but real spark lights, don't you see? Town folk think such will keep the creature away. He sighed. I am less confident. This is a bad business, young fellows. Sometimes I feel the world has come loose of its moorings. It has, I said. But what comes loose can be tied tight again, Sheriff. If you say so, he cleared his throat. Now, don't take this as a disrespect. I know you are who you say you are, but I was promised a sigil. If you brought it, I'd have it, for it means special to me. I opened my swag bag. Which another interesting term that he would call it a swag bag. A swag bag. And brought out what I'd been given. A small wooden box with my father's mark, the D with the S inside of it, stamped on the hinge lid. Phoebe took it with the smallest of smiles, dimpling the corners of his mouth beneath his mustache. To me, it looked like a remembering smile, and it took years off his face. Do we knows what's inside? No, I had not been asked to look. Phoebe opened the box, looked within, then returned his gaze to Jamie and me. Once, when I was still only a deputy, Stephen Deschain led me and the high sheriff that was, and a posse of seven against the Crow Gang. Has your father ever spoken to you about the crows? I shook my head no. Not skin men, no, but a nasty lot of work. They robbed the, what there was to rob, not just in Debaria, but all along the ranch lands out this way. Trains, too, if they got word one was worth shopping. Stopping. Not, well, I guess it is shopping. But their main business was kidnapping for ransom. A crowd, coward's crime, sure. I'm told Farsund favors it, but paid well. So here we're about to go into this nice, long story that really doesn't mean anything to anything. Pretty much it was that they kid- the, these people had kidnapped someone's daughter, and or his wife. No, it's Rancher's wife. And uh, apparently gunslingers have a knack for turning up when they're needed. So of course, they did. Yes. 
and of course requested for help and good old Stephen Deschain here went with uh, the sheriff and this posse to go check things out well it says uh, I was it says I knew of my father's sharp eyes and gift for trailing I also knew that this story probably had nothing to do with their business and I should have told him to move along but my father never talked about his younger days, and I wanted to hear this tale. I was hungry to hear it, and it turned out to have a little more to do with our business in Debaria than I at first thought. Only because it talks about the salt mines. Yes, the salt mines and the salt houses. Which we also get to here soon enough. Mm-hmm. Deposit, I said. He means a fresh deposit. Aye, as you said, but all that were abandoned then and made a fine hideout for such of those beastly crows. Um, It says, once the trail left the flats, it went through a place of high rocks before coming out on the low pier, which is to say the foothill. The low is where a sheep herder was killed just recent by something that looked like a wolf. Yeah, we know. Yep, and this is where the the good old sheriff and Stephen DeShane have a disagreement. <laughs> Stephen's like, hey, I really think we should go around. It may take a little longer, but I think it'll be better. And the sheriff's like, nah, this would be much quicker. She might die if we wait too long. We have to go this way. So he's like, all right, you do you. I'm going to do me over here. So the sheriff and his posse go one way, and Stephen goes another. Except for... Good old PV, who decides, you know what? I think, I think I want to trust the gunslinger on this one. I think I'll go with the gunslinger. And then the good old uh, sheriff says, "Hey, buddy, yeah, yeah. Once we get back, you're fired. You're not going to be a deputy no more because hey, you chose the gunslinger over me." Yeah. Yeah. It so- seems that was the um, the wiser choice. Those were the last words he ever said to me. <laughs> exactly. It says, uh, we hunkered down. I thought we were going to hook around, unless you're done with me too. No, he says, your hire is not my business, deputy. Then what are we waiting for? Gunfire, he says. And not five minutes later, we heard it. Gunfire and screams. It didn't last long. The crows had seen us coming. Yeah. So again, maybe listen to the gunslinger. (laughs) They, they, they tend to know things. They're trained. They're raised to know things. Uh. So, yeah, they continue to hook around. Mm-hmm. It takes two instead of three days to get around. But they were going fast. They were moving. With that group, it probably would have taken three. It says... Oh, well, I already turned the page, so... I don't see what it says. <laughs> it's, uh, it's gone. It's this gone. Is, this is the first time. The mind starts at this is the time. Yeah, that's, that's right next. Okay. So it's fine. <laughs> it says, this is the time, Stephen says, because they will have spent the last nights once they were sure they were safe deep in drink. They'll still be sleeping it off. Will you stand with me? Aye, gunslinger. That I will, I tells him. And when Peavy said this, he unconsciously straightened his back. He looked younger. Yeah, he was, it was a good day for him. Things went well. He was with a gunslinger. Things went well. I mean, obviously, he lived, so, I mean. Nah. 
We're talking to him now. This is a... So, he apparently lived. Yeah, PB was... Who is that? He's was but 14. Had he taken his turn? No, no, the... Yeah, the, their guard, the guard, was but 14. But yeah. he had had his, uh, his turn at the kidnapped woman. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you're all terrible. Yep, doesn't matter. You got now everything you, you deserve. Die. Yeah. Because it says, the kidnapped woman, don't you know, and old enough to be his grandmother. So, yeah. Yeah. We're good. Yeah, and uh, good old Steven decided, he's not, he won't kill anybody in their sleep. So, he kind of wakes everybody up. And then they, 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 they proceed just to kill everyone. <laughs> Says, uh, wake up, Alan Crow, unless you go into the clearing at the end of the path with your eyes shut. Wake up, all. They did. He never meant to try and bring them all in alive. Twould have been madness, that I'm sure you must see. But he wouldn't shoot them in their sleep. The only one who survived that first fusillade was Pa Crow himself, Alan Crow. He was an old man, all snarled up and frozen on one side of his face from a stroke or summit. But he moved fast as a devil just the same. He was along he was in his long john, and his gun was stuck at the top of one of his boots where the end of the bedroll. He grabbed it up and turned towards us. Stephen shot him. But the old bastard got off a single round. It went wild, but... Yeah, I was just skipping some no. of this because it was, it was the butt and the box getting hinges. Oh, PB, who could have been older in these days than the two young men standing before him, opened the box... Uh, on its cunning hinges, mused a moment at what was he saw inside, then looked up at me. That little remembering smile still touched the corners of his mouth. Have you ever seen a scar on your father's arm, Roland? Right here, he touched the place just above the crook of his elbow, where a man's ginks begin? Sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. My father's body was a map of scars, but it was a map I knew well. The scar above his inner elbow was a deep dimple, almost like the one not quite hidden by Sheriff Peavy's mustache when he smiled. Pa Crow's last shot hit the wall above the post where the woman was tied. It ricocheted. He turned the box and held it out to me. Inside was, this, was a smashed slug, a big one, hard caliber. I dug this out of your dad's arm with my skin knife and gave it to him. He thanked me and said, someday I should have it back. And here it is. Ka is a will, sighed Shane. Have you ever have you ever told this story, I asked? For I have never heard it. Uh, that I dug, never heard it. That I dug, a bullet from the flesh of Arthur's true descendant? Eld of the Eld? No, never until now, for who would believe it? I do, I said. You know what? You don't really have an option to believe it at this point. <laughs> oh, that was one heck of an improv story from a bullet this guy <laughs> I mean, come on. I do, I said, and I thank you. It could have poisoned him. Nar, nar, PB said with a chuckle. Not him. The blood of Eld's too strong, and if I'd been laid low or too squeamy, he would have done it himself. 
As it was, he let me take most of the credit for the Crow Gang, and I've been sheriff ever since. But not much longer. This skin man business has done for me. I've seen enough blood, and I have no taste for mysteries. <laughs> Who'll take your place, I asked. It seemed He seemed surprised by the question. Probably nobody. The mines will play out again in a few years, this time for good. And such rail lines as there are won't last much longer. The two things together will finish Debaria, uh, which was once a fine little city in the time of your grandfather. That holy hencoop I'm sure you passed on the way in may go on. Nothing else. That makes sense. A hencoop. They, they, they don't like those women. Those, those <laughs> men-eating women's. Uh. But pretty much just let people be people. Let them do what they do. <laughs> I said the skin men was at one of the women... The skin men was at one of the women in Serenity. She's badly disfigured. Been there, have you? <laughs> the women are terrified. I thought this over and remembered a knife strapped to the calf of the... To the calf, as thick as the trunk of a young birch. For the love of God, how big is this woman? Every time we get any description at all, she's just the largest person you've ever seen in your life. Except for the prioress, that is. He chuckled. Everlyn, that one spit in the devil's face, and if he took her down to Nis, she'd be running the place in a month. I said, do you have any idea who the skin man might be when he's in his human shape? If you do, tell us, I beg. For as my father told your Sheriff Anderson that was, this is not our fill. I can't give you a name, if that's what you mean. But I might be able to give you something. But Follow if I me. knew a name, I'd go out there and shoot myself and be done with. We wouldn't need you. <laughs> Follow me. He led us through the archway behind his desk and into the jail, which was in the shape of a T. I counted eight big cells down the central aisle and a dozen small ones on the cross corridor. All were empty except for one of the smaller ones where a drunk was snoozing away in the late afternoon on a straw pallet. Once all of these sales would have been, cells would have been filled in on F day and S day. Okay. Loaded up with drunk cowpunchers and farmhands. Now most people stay in at night. No one wants to be a staggering home drunk and meet the skin man. The salt miners, do you pen them too? Not often, for they had their own saloons up in Little Debaria. Two of them, nasty places. Um, once they're drunk on white blind, the salties don't much care if a whore has a nose as long as she still has her sugar purse. Nice, Jamie muttered. Yeah. Come in here, boys. I haven't any paper, but I do have some chalk, and here's a nice smooth wall. It's private, too, as long as old Salty Sam down there doesn't wake up, and he rarely does until sundown. From the pocket of his twill pants, the sheriff took a goodish stick of chalk, and on the wall he drew a kind of long box with jags all across the top. They looked like a row of upside-down V's. Here's the hole of Debaria. Over here's the rail line you came in on. He drew a series of hash marks, and as he did so, I remembered the NG and the old fellow who'd served as our butler. I said that right. Okay. Sma Toot is off the rails, I said. Can you put together a party of men to set it right? We have money to pay for their labor, and Jamie and I would be happy to work with them. 
Not today, PB said absently. He was studying his map. Angie's still out there, is he? Yes, him and another. I'll send Kellen and Vicka Fry out in a bucket. Kellen's my best deputy. The other two ain't worth much, and Vicka's his son. That's nice to say. Yeah, yeah, they're great. They'll pick him up and bring him back in before dark. There's time because the day is long this time of year. For now, just pay attention, boys. Here's the tracks, and here's Serenity, where that poor girl you spoke to was mauled. On the high road, don't you see it? He drew a little box and put an X. North of the women's retreat, up toward the jags at the top of his math, math, he, math, he put another X. This is where Jan Curry, the sheep herder, was killed. To the left of this X, but pretty much on the same level, which is to say below the jags, he put another. The Alora farm, seven killed. Farther yet to the left and a little higher, he chalked another X. Here's the timbersmith farm on the high pier. Nine killed. It's where we found the little boy's head on a pole. Tracks all around it. Wolf, I asked. He shook his head. Nar, some kind of big dog. Big cat, wow. I was like, you just completely changed the word. At first, before we lost the trail, they changed into what looked like hooves. Then he looked at us grimly. Footprints. First big like a giant's, almost, but then smaller and smaller until they were the size of any man's tracks. Any row. We lost him in the hard pan. Mayhap your father would have, wouldn't have sigh. He went on marking the map, and when he was done, stepped away so we could see it clearly. Such as you're supposed to have good brains as well as fast hands, I always told. So, what do you make of this? Jamie stepped forward between the rows of pallets and traced the tip of his finger over the jags. Do the salt houses run along here in the foothills? Yar, the salt rocks, those hills are called. Little Debaria is where? Peavy made another box for the salt miner's town. It was close to the X he'd made to mark the place where the woman and the gambler had been killed, for it was Little Debaria they'd been headed for. Jamie studied the map a bit more, then nodded. Looks to me like the skin man could be one of the miners. Is that what you think? Aye, a salty, even though a couple of them have been torn up too. It makes sense as much as anything in a crazy business like this can make sense. The new plug's a lot deeper than the old ones, and everyone knows there are demons in the earth. Mayhap one of the miners struck on one, wakened it, and was done a mischief by it. I mean, we, the demons we know of are like giant fire ones that to, to have a whip and attack four <laughs> wizards. Yes, that's exactly it, okay? <laughs> but these ones just crawl out of salt mines, okay? Mm. There, are other, there are also leftovers from the great old ones in the ground, I said. Not all are dangerous, but some are. Perhaps one of these old things, those, what do you call them, Jamie? Artifacts, he said. Mm-hmm. Yes, those... Perhaps one of those is responsible. Mayhap the fellow will be able to tell us if we take him alive. Small chance of that, Peavy growled. I thought there was a good chance if we could identify him and close on him in the daytime that was. How many of these salties are there? Not as many as in the old days, because now it's just the one plug, don't you see it? I should say no more than two hundred. I met Jamie's eyes and saw a glint of humor in them. No fret, Roland, he said. I'm sure we can interview him all by reaptide if we hurry. Yeah, when he said, ah, oh, not so many as in the old days. Like, okay, not so many. That's, that's not too Two hundred? Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll just personally interview every single one of them. <laughs> oh, come no biggie. On. 
It was only a salt line. Couldn't have been too many people, right? Yeah, no. Ugh, but he was exa- exaggerating, but I still saw several weeks ahead of us in Debaria. We might interview the skin man and still not be able to pick him out, either because he was a masterful liar or because he had no guilt to cover up. His day self might truly not know what his night self was doing. I wished for Cuthbert, who could look at things that seemed unrelated and spot the connections, and I wished for Elaine, with his power to touch minds. But Jamie wasn't so bad either. He had, after all, seen what I should have seen myself that was right in front of my nose. On one matter, I was in complete accord with Sheriff Hugh Peavy. I hated mysteries. It's a thing that has never changed in this long life of mine. I'm not good at solving them. My mind has never run that way. When we trooped back into the office, I said, I have some questions I must ask you, Seraph. The first is, will you open to us if we open to you? The second, the second is, do I see you for what you are and accept you for accept what you do? The third is, do I seek aid and succor? Sheriff PV says, yar, yar, and yar. Now for God's sake, set your brains to working, fellas, for it's over two weeks since this thing showed up as Serenity, and that time, and that time it didn't get a full meal. Soon enough it'll be out there again. If it only prowls at night, Jamie said, you're sure of that much. I am. Does the moon have any effect on it, I asked? Because my father's advisor and our teacher that was says that in some of the old legends, I've heard the legends sigh, but in that they're wrong, at least for this particular creature. The thing's attacked on every, any and everything. <laughs> Full moon, matter. no moon, it's attacked. It doesn't matter what day, what time, what person, it doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have a nice little space. When I asked Peavy if there was a good hotel or boarding house in Debaria, he chuckled. Yeah, there ain't jack squat for them to pretend to say it. So, <laughs> they just stay in the cell. Why don't you just throw a pallet down and we'll get you some straw. Hey, you'll be good to go right here in this prison cell. No big deal. Uh, and so we ended up spending our first night in Debaria. <laughs> In a large, drunk, and disorderly cell beneath Peavy's chalked map. Salty Sam had been set free, and we had the jail to ourselves. Outside, a strong wind had begun to blow off the alkali flats to the west of town. The moaning sound it made around the eaves caused me to think again of the story my mother used to read to me when I was just a small toot myself, the story of Tim Stoutheart and the stark blast Tim had to face in the great woods north of New Cannon. Thinking of the boy alone in those woods has always chilled my heart, just as Tim's bravery has always warmed it. The stories we hear in childhood are the ones we remember all our lives. How are we supposed to find this thing, Jamie? I hope you have some idea, because I don't. We'll have to talk to the salt miners. That's the place to start. Someone may have seen a fellow with blood on him creeping back to where the salties live. Creeping back naked. 
for he can't come back clothed unless he takes them off beforehand. That gave me a little hope. Although if the one we were looking for knew what he was, he might take his clothes off when he felt an attack coming on, hide them, then come back to them later. But if he didn't know, it was a small thread. But sometimes, if you're careful not to break it, you can pull on a small thread and unravel a whole garment. Good night, Roland. Good night, Jamie. So yeah, they go to bed. It says, I closed my eyes and thought of my mother. I often lived that year, for, for once they weren't thoughts of how she had looked dead, but of how beautiful she had been in my early childhood, as she sat beside me on my bed in the room with the colored glass windows reading to me. Look you, Roland, she said. Here are the billy bumblers sitting all a row and scenting the air. They know, don't they? Yes, I would say, the bumblers know. And what else is it they know? The woman I would kill asked me. What is it they know, dear heart? They know the stark blast is coming, I said. My eyes would be growing heavy by then, and minutes later I would drift off to the music of her voice. As I drifted off now, with the wind outside blowing up a strong gale. Double space. Asterisk. I awoke in the first thin light of morning to a harsh sound. Brung, brung. A brung. That be dim dare jing jangle. <laughs> jing jingle jing 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 jing. Uh, Jamie was still flat on his back, legs spread, snoring. I took one of my revolvers from my holster, went out through the open cell door, and shambled towards the imperious sound. It was the jing jing. Sheriff Peavy had taken so much pride in. He wasn't there to answer. He had gone home to bed, and the office was empty. Standing there bare-chested with my gun in my hand, wearing nothing but the swabbies and slinkum I'd slept in, for it was hot in the cell. I took, a listen, I took the listening cone off the wall, put the narrow end to my ear, and leaned close to the speaking tube. Yes? Hello? Who the hell is this? A voice screamed, so loud that it sent a nail of pain to the side of my head. There were Jing-Jings and Gilead. Perhaps as many as a hundred that still worked, but none spoke so clear as this. I pulled the cone away, winced, and could he still hear the voice coming out of it. Hello? Hello? God's cursed this effing thing. Hello? I hear you, I said. Lower thy voice for thy father's sake. Who is this? There was just enough drop in volume for me to put the listening cone a little closer to my ear, but not in it. I would not make that mistake twice. A deputy, Jamie DeCurry. A deputy, Jamie DeCurry and I were the furthest thing in the world from that. But simplest is usually the best. Always best, I wot, when speaking with a panicked man on a jing jank. Because, of course. Well. <laughs> Where's Sheriff Peavy? At home with his wife. It isn't yet five o'clock, I reckon. Now tell me who you are, where you're speaking from, and what's happened. It's Canfield of the Jefferson. I of the Jefferson what? I heard footsteps behind me, turned, half raised my revolver, but it was only Jamie. With his hair strands uh, standing up and a sleep spiked all over his head. He was holding his own gun and had gotten in his jeans, although his feet were yet bare. The Jefferson Ranch, you great groating idiot. You need to get the sheriff out here. 
the Jin Jin, everyone's dead. Jefferson, his family. Family. Family, yeah. The family, the cookie, sure. All the proddies, blood from one and to other. How many, I asked. Maybe 15, maybe 20. Who can tell? Canfield of the Jefferson began to sob. They're all in pieces. Whatever it whatever it was, did for them left the two dogs, Rosie and Mosey. Uh, they was in there. We had to, to shoot them. They was lapping up the blood and eating the brains. Yes. Uh, best uh, when, to make things simple when you're dealing with a panicked man or the jing jing. Just say you're a deputy. Yep, I'm now a deputy because why not? So we have our first attack since Roland and Jamie have rolled into town. Not that it's been long, but I mean, this is their first encounter with the actual. Sure, we'll get some good descriptions of carnage in the next chapter. Yay! <laughs> yes. And we'll be going somewhere further along. Uh, about five, probably, is my next page. Yep. 106. And the wind through the heat call officially begins. Yes. So we are going to do the second part of, the, well, not the second, the second section of the first part of the skin man. It's weird. Third chapter. We're going to the third chapter. And this will be the bulk of the book. Yes. So when through the keyhole, well, the, the name of the book is actually the core part. Yes. These are just stories leading up to it. Yes. And a little thing after it. So, yeah. We'll be going from... Then there's 106 through 264. So I don't know how we're breaking this up yet. Probably no more than about 35 pages for this book because otherwise these uh, chapters are going to get yeah. real long. Real Technically, quick. I think being that King wrote this as a standalone, you pretty much, if you wanted to, only read The Wind Through the Keyhole. Because it is a story in itself, on its own. It's a bedtime, not a bedtime, a child's fairy tale story. Not really a children's story, though. But <laughs> it's still yeah, a story. Kind of a Grimm's fairy tale kind of vibe um. as far as... Not being really something you tell your little kids. So we'll figure it out between 30 and 40 pages, probably. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll let you know next time. We'll read about that if you're keeping along with us, by chance. Uh, well, actually, I forget. We're going to the yes, next one. Don't I, you I'm skip going too far. the one to the keyhole? Maybe next time we'll let you know how many pages we're going to read if we figure it out. You're like, and then all oh. these people died. Let's read a child's tale. <laughs> Kind of we don't need to know what happened to them. No, it's not important at all. But it's pretty good. It's it's still it's just written really differently. It's yeah. very different from what it's we've something been. that you kind of have to catch on to. But it's still it's still cool to get another story from Roland's childhoodish teenage years. You know what? Roland could probably write another dozen novels about <laughs> Roland's childhood years. I'd read every single one. Of them. <laughs> I would read them all. Or but, just watch them all, since that's what we're going into. But. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how that works. Hopefully good. There's no telling. But, as always, you can reach me at Stars Untraveled, reach Amanda Casey. Pup, reach the show at Beyond Our Focus, everywhere, including YouTube and podcast services around the globe. And Debaria. 
Yeah, on the Jing Jang. On the Jing Jang. We're all, or we're no, all no. on the Jing Jang. This one would probably on that wire thing. The, the, what was it? I don't know. I say Jing Jang. Just because it's a more fun word. I don't know. The... the we're not doing that Morse line, code here. The dat line, I don't know. The din dun. The, the din dat. Something like din that. Dat, I don't know. The jing jing, the din dun, jingling jingling. <laughs> well, all the bing bang. Ah, but. Okay. Yeah, okay. that was pretty good. Enjoyable. We'll get into the next part next time because that's how it works. We shall pick up with the carnage next week. Yes, we shall. Any final thoughts? I think we're good. Awesome. Possum. Blossom. Till next time. Long days and pleasant.